Welcome to Science is Funny. I am your host, Private, a.k.a. Avery Adams. I am 10 years old and currently in the 5th grade. Joining me today is Skipper, a.k.a. Craig Jaringi, who is going bold and forgets things. Hey, not funny, Private. Kind of funny, Skip. Skip, my mom said you had a kidney stone last year and it was really painful. Oh boy, Private, it was very painful. I cried like a baby. A very old baby. Hey, be nice to me. It hurt a lot. Okay, okay, but it was last year. I should be able to tease you about it now. Yeah, you're right. Remember the family saying, If if we we don't don't tease you, we don't don't like like you. So, Skip, what do most kidneys do? Well, Private, most people get them all wrong. What do you mean? Well, most people will tell you that they make urine or pee, but that's really not their job. It's like saying that the digestive system's job is to make poop. So, if their job is not making pee, what do they do? Well, they do make pee. Ah! You just said that's not their job! You're driving me crazy! (laughs) Wow, that is a very short drive. Get it? Short drive? Yep, not funny, Skip. Make up your mind. What do they do? The kidneys do a lot of important things. Did you know that it's the kidneys' job to control how much blood your body has? Wait, uh, they control how much blood I have? That doesn't make a lot of sense. How do they do that? Well, you have two of them, and they're just below your last rib, against the back of your abdominal cavity. What's the abdominal cavity? Your body has spaces inside that are filled with your organs. The lungs and heart are in the thoracic cavity. Your liver, kidney, stomach, intestines, and other organs are in the abdominal cavity. Your brain is in the cranial cavity. There are a few other cavities, but those are the three biggest. All right, but you still didn't tell me how kidneys control the amount of blood a person has. Okay, well, time for some research. I knew you didn't know. So, Private, how does the kidneys control the amount of blood you have? According to the American Heart Association, the kidneys not only control the amount of blood, but blood pressure, too. I don't know what blood pressure is. You know that the heart pumps the blood to all parts of the body. Yeah, we talked about it before. So when the heart squeezes the blood, it puts pressure on it to get it to move through all the tubes or blood vessels in your body. Okay, I get it. The harder it squeezes, the more the pressure. Right, but the more blood there is, the harder it is for the heart to squeeze and to get it all moving. The more water in the blood means there's more blood for the heart to pump. So the heart has to squeeze harder, and the result is you get more blood pressure. So what does this have to do with the kidneys? You see, another job of the kidneys is to control the amount of things in the blood. Uh, the amounts of things like what? Things like sugars and sodium and potassium and stuff called electrolytes. The more things there are in the blood, the more water there has to be to balance them. Water? Why? Because there has to be a balance between the amounts of things inside your cells and the amounts of things in the blood or fluids around your cells. Skip, this is getting confusing. Why does there have to be a balance between the blood and water and all the stuff inside our cells? It's because of the membrane that separates the cells from the fluid and the blood around it. You see, that membrane allows water to move across it, and water will always move from where there's a lot of it to where there's a little of it. So? So if there's more water in the blood or fluid around the cell, then the water will flow into the cell and cause it to burst and pop like a balloon. Oh, that sounds bad. We need our cells to live. Right, so the kidneys work hard to control the amounts of stuff and water in the blood. So it balances the amounts of stuff and water inside the cell. Too much water in the blood, and the cell pops and dies. Too little, and the cell shrivels up and dies. Kidneys have a very important job to keep that balance. So if I drink a glass of water, will that throw the balance off? Yep. 
If I eat a bag of salty potato chips, will that throw the balance off? Yep. What? If I run a race on a hot day and sweat, will that throw the balance off? Yep. So how do the kidneys keep up if everything I do throws the balance off? Well, every 20 minutes, all the blood in your body flows through the kidneys. And as it does, the kidneys constantly check to make sure it has the right amounts of stuff and water. What happens if it doesn't have the right amounts? Well, the kidneys will take that extra stuff out of the blood. Maybe in one minute, there'll be too much sodium or potassium, so it takes the extra amount out. Maybe a little while later, there's a little too much water, so it takes the extra water out. Where does all that extra go? Private, that extra water and stuff is pee or urine. It flows from the kidneys down some tubes to the bladder, where it's held until you gotta go. Oh, I get it. Pee's just the stuff that the body doesn't need at the time. That's exactly right. If you drink a couple cans of fizzy water, then your kidneys will take most of that water out and your pee will be mostly water. If you eat a lot of salty potato chips, then the kidneys will take a lot of the salts out and your pee or urine will have more salts in it. Wow, thank you, kidneys. You got that right, Private. Skipper, I've been thinking about last week's episode on fire. We talked about the temperature of the stuff in fire. How do the thermometers we use to measure the temperature work? Time for some research. So, Private, tell me what you learned about thermometers. Well, I learned that a thermometer is an instrument that measures temperature differences. Huh? Well, Galileo invented an instrument that indicated there was a difference in the temperature between two things, but it didn't measure the difference, so it wasn't a real thermometer. Okay, then what? In Italian, uh, someone named Santerio Santerio put numbers called a scale on an air thermoscope around 1612, so he's probably the inventor of the thermometer as a temperature measuring device, but it was terribly inaccurate. Hey, which is his first name and which is his last? Not funny, Skipper. What came next? The thermometer that kind of looked like the one we use now with liquid inside of a glass tube was invented in 1654 by Ferdinand II, the Grand Duke of Tuscany. His thermometer had alcohol inside and was better than the others, but his thermometer was inaccurate too and there was no standardized scale in use. What do you mean, standardized scale? Skip, everyone has to agree to use the same scale of numbers and put them in the same place on the thermometer. If they don't, then a temperature of 21 degrees in one thermometer wouldn't be the same as a temperature if measured by a different thermometer using a different scale. Huh? Skip, if we use a Celsius scale to measure temperatures, then 21 is warm, but if we use the Fahrenheit scale, 20 degrees is pretty cold. Okay, I get it now. Why are there two scales now? Gabriel Fahrenheit was the first person to make a thermometer using mercury. He used mercury in his glass tubes, which were much better than the tubes he used before, and it led to a much more accurate thermometer. His scale bit had water freezing at 32 degrees and boiling at 212 degrees. So how did Celsius scale come about? In 1742, a Swedish scientist named Anders Celsius created a thermometer scale by dividing the freezing and boiling points of water into 100 degrees. Celsius chose 0 degrees for the boiling point of water and 100 degrees for the freezing point. A year later, the Frenchman Jean-Pierre Christen inverted the Celsius scale to produce the centigrade scale that we use today, making the freezing point 0 degrees and the boiling point at 100. By international agreement in 1948, Kristen's adapted scale became known as Celsius scale and is still in use today. It seems strange that Celsius would pick 100 as the freezing point and zero for the boiling point. Yeah, it does. Sounds like something you would do. No way. I would make 49.5 degrees the boiling point and 321 degrees the freezing point. You're weird. Are there any other scales? 
There is another one that's popular with scientists. It's called the Kelvin scale, and it uses absolute zero for its starting point. Absolute zero? Absolute zero is the point where there is no energy, no heat, and no movement of the atoms at all. That's got to be cold. Skip, there is no cold, only energy and the speed of atoms of the atoms or molecules. What do you mean? Thermometers measure how fast molecules and atoms and the liquids are traveling. If they travel fast, they not only have more energy, but the liquid inside the tube will take up more space or expand. That's why the level of the liquid moves up inside the glass tube. The liquid is taking up more space because its molecules and atoms are moving faster. I get it. So when there's less energy or heat, the molecules move slower and don't take up as much space, so the level in the tube drops. Yay, science! You got that right, Skipper. Skip, there are other types of thermometers that use different ways of measuring the temperature. We should talk about those in upcoming episodes. Okay. That's our podcast for this week. Come back next week for another episode of Science is Fun E. Oh, and don't forget to visit our website at www.science.com is fune.com or listen on iTunes or just search for Science is Fun E in the podcast section. You can contact us with your answer to the question of the week at question at scienceisfune.com or to suggest possible topics for upcoming episodes, email topics at scienceisfune.com. You can email me at private at sciencesfune.com or skipper at sciencesfune.com. I'm private, aka Avery Adams, hoping you have a great week. TTFN.